So, let's the prize. Hey folks, uh, my transpersonal coaching class level one has finished and um, the course is now called Living a Life That Matters. I still think of it as transpersonal coaching because that's kind of what brought me there. Um, but Jane and Paul asked us to do a finishing exercise, uh, like a reflection exercise. And there were four questions we had to answer. The first was, what have I learned? Um, number two was, how has it changed me? Um, number three is, how do I demonstrate that change in the world? And number four is, what are the next steps? And I wanted to share them with you. Um, it was a great exercise to really solidify uh, what I had learned in the class. And one thing I've learned in the class is that uh, sharing is is how you learn, is how you own your knowledge, it's how you, it's how you, um, it's how you own your wisdom. And so by sharing with you, um, I get to really root into the knowledge that I've learned and the new person that I'm becoming. So strap in. So what I learned is that, that I can stand for myself and it doesn't mean that I have to be fighting against anything else. I can stand for my truth and my worldview and it doesn't matter how people react around me. That my truth is not dependent on anyone else's acceptance of it. Um, that no one has to agree with me for me to be uh, true to myself. And that was huge because I had spent a lot of time in my life thinking that I needed to convince other people of my truth. Um, even to the point of they didn't have to agree or want it for themselves, but they had to accept that it was truth for me. And not even that is necessary. All that I'm responsible for is standing for my truth. Speaking authentically, living authentically, treating others coherently within my worldview and no one else has to agree. No one else even has to understand. And honestly, that's very freeing. It's freeing and it's peace because I'm becoming genuinely unconcerned about how other people perceive me. And I thought uh, that I was that before and this is an entirely new level of not being concerned about how I'm perceived. What people think of me is their business and it's none of my business. And it even went a step further where I realized that I am now becoming unconcerned with how I impact others. And that sounds a little bit harsh or uncaring because it sounds like um, I can go willy-nilly roll over other people's feelings uh, without giving a shit, but that's not really what it means. Being unconcerned about how I impact others means that that my responsibility is just for me to stand in my truth and live my truthful, authentic worldview, uh, which is loving inclusion. That's it. Like, that's the only thing that's true and real. Loving inclusion. We're all connected and it's, and it's all loving. So, as long as I'm standing in my truth and being that in the world, um, I don't have to worry about how I impact others. I know that I'm being responsible to myself and to my truth 
um, and that if another is inspired or um, lifted by that, that's great. Um, uh, if someone is triggered by who I am in the world and how I present myself and my standing for my truth, then that's great. Um, and none of it is really my responsibility uh, or my concern. And that is a completely different way uh, of me navigating the world, completely differently. And the amount of peace and freedom in that is extraordinary. Um, it's given me the confidence to speak my truth. I have never actually spoken this kind of thing publicly on any kind of social media platform before so uh, like blatantly, clearly, or so plainly, so without allegory or metaphor or a shield of some sort to hide it from the fact that this is just spiritual stuff that I want to talk about. And that's all I've ever really wanted to talk about, but have been too wrapped up and concerned about how it would be received um, and how people would see me or even what impact I would have on others that I didn't. I just stayed small and stayed quiet. Uh, and that's over. <laughs> Hi. So yeah, I learned uh, that my purpose is to share the love I have um, for the world with the world and let it love me back. And the letting it love me back was new. And I think I've talked about this before, but I learned that human beings have been disconnected from nature and disconnected from our true role in the world as cousins and kin to all of the world and my great desire is to constantly share that worldview, that perspective that we are of the natural world, that we share kinship with the animals and the plants and the trees and the wind and the sun and the rain and the water and all things and that um, our path to healing and wholeness is becoming reconnected to that place within the whole of the natural world. Because the natural world is not different or separate from spirit. It is a manifestation of spirit. It's also spiritual, it's also holy. Holy with a W, holy. Um, and our holiness comes by reconnecting to the natural world. I have always called, not always, for half my life I have called what I understand to be um, God or Holy Spirit or my higher self, um, I would call it Beloved Presence because that's how I experienced it. Um, them in the world is a Beloved Presence, um, capitalized Beloved Presence. Um, it's a presence of love in the world, a literal presence. And uh, this class taught me that I am also Beloved Presence and that is accepting the truth of our reality and that we are all beloved presence, we are all creator here together. No single one of us is creator or beloved presence, but we are that together and we are that to one another. And my job, my only job, is to love and accept myself as I am and to offer that to the world. That's the only thing I'm responsible for and to be a beloved presence in the world and to choose to see beloved presence in others. It's like simple but really fucking hard. Like <laughs> all we're ever doing 
in life is um, expressing our current understanding of holiness. That's all any of us are ever doing. So someone who feels really separate and afraid and angry, it's kind of shitty to be around. And it's hard to see them as a beloved presence. But everything is either loving inclusion or a call for loving inclusion. And our responsibility is to continue to see them as connected kin in love, uh, even though they're being an asshole. And that's hard. That's hard for all of us. It's hard for anyone. Um, it's just, it's hard to remember, especially when we're getting triggered in our shit. Another thing that I've learned or has allowed to happen is um, the feeling and experience of creator in my life guiding me and trusting that guidance. Our spirituality, our spirit, our creator, our guiding, loving, connected power, uh, it's not an idea or a philosophy. It's in my life becoming an active, activating presence um, that I am responsible for learning how to hear and respond to um, in everything, um, in all areas of my life. And that is something that I've known but haven't really, you know, grabbed onto how important it is to, to listen for that quiet voice um, and act on what that quiet voice is suggesting. This class helped me to open doors again to big dreams in my life that I had shut a long time ago because I thought I wasn't good enough or that um, those kinds of lives and creations happened to other people um, and not to me or people in my family. I have had since I was a child uh, big dreams of influence in this life and uh, I'm still struggling with that because I spent most of my life closing the door to that um, and not believing it or believing that those ideas and yearnings and desires were the results of ego and um, thinking that I was better than others or superior in some way or special. And um, that's another thing that has come up and is starting to heal is this idea of superiority. Just as an individual person, um, I've spent my life waffling between feeling like I was better than others or worse because that's the teeter-totter that it exists when we think that we have more value or are better or more special than someone else. Um, anyone else, anything else. Because I think deep down we're born into this world knowing that there's equity, there's equality across all species, across all things. I believe that there is a nugget seed of truth in each one of us when we're born into the physical world that everything is connected and equal and equally valuable. And if you absorb or learn or have the message that somehow you're better than others, then you spend your entire life trying to prove that that's true and why that that's true because it's not true um, and you're constantly trying to figure out or um, find reasons why 
you're better and there are no reasons why so you fall into shame I fell into shame about a lot of things um, and a feeling that I was a piece of shit because you don't get to be feel like you're better than other people and not also feel like you're a giant piece of shit so ew <laughs> ew to all of that <laughs> so quality feels much better and um, any kind of worth or uh, value I have comes from um, my equity in the whole it comes from loving inclusion um, and so I'm still working on that but those kind of thoughts and feelings uh, prevented me from actually exploring deep and soul sourced yearnings and desires to um, speak to an audience and to have influence and to be um, to speak truth in my worldview and my belief in loving inclusion on a large scale and I'm starting to see that as a possibility and a reality for me. I'm no longer seeing them as ego and I'm seeing these yearnings and desires as the pathway and not created by a small sense of shittiness but given from spirit, from source. They haven't been with me for my whole life for no reason and they certainly weren't with me when I was a child. Um, and I accepted them as a child without question. That we wanted to do things here. Yeah, I've learned that my desires and yearnings are creator supported and creator created and don't come from ego. And I don't have to question that anymore. Um, this is also a goal and a path that I've been walking on that I've put a lot of reasonable or acceptable um, shields or fronts in front of. I chose reasonable goals and vocations like artist or art marketing or, or whatever in front of it because I didn't have, and I still don't to a degree, have any model of what this kind of life looks like in the world. I saw this, this this quote by Osho, who I don't know who it is, but I saw it and it made me laugh, is that, paraphrasing, um, the world has never allowed any female Buddhas or Christs. Um, so any woman that speaks up about spirit has always been called a witch and attempted to be burned. So, and that's kind of, that's kind of how um, I feel about this, is there aren't really models for me of women who have gone forward in these kind of paths to speak about spirit on a large scale that I resonate with. What I have seen is, is they're either religious or they're kind of new agey, which neither of which I really resonate with. So I used to think about what I wanted to do in the world and put acceptable, reasonable, explainable roles and titles in front of it and it never really worked out because it wasn't true. It wasn't connected and clearly motivated by desire and spirit. So that's new too. 
It's also opened the door for me to accept the power that I have to create the experience I want in my life. This idea has a lot of um, detractors about the idea of, of we're responsible for our life experience, but the fact is we're responsible for how we experience our life. We're not responsible for the things that happen around us or to us, but we are responsible for how we experience them. And for a lot of us, that's not a choice. And it's understandable. No one teaches us how to be a spiritual being in a physical world. Like, no one really does it great. Definitely the public school system doesn't teach any of us how to live um, as a spirit in a physical body. And no one trains us, no one teaches us how to take the time to process our emotions and to own our reactions to things that are happening and to be responsible for our triggers and our feelings and not blame others for how we're reacting emotionally and take the time to process that and find the source of our triggers in our fear and our shame and you know our sadness and then be the solution because there's only one problem and that problem is that we are afraid that we're separate and disconnected and unloved and there's only one solution which is that the reality is that there is loving inclusion and that we are loved all the time unconditionally and that we are always connected okay teach that <laughs> teach that in the world a hundred percent of the time everywhere all the time so I'm also understanding that I want that what I want to happen in my life is dependent entirely upon what I'm willing to accept and it's dependent on my wanting it and that I'm letting go of any of the self self-implied shackles that I had put on myself to keep myself from trying to do things in my life that I want to do like, we're really good at keeping ourselves in jail. We're really good at um, minimizing our desires and minimizing the things that we want to do and be and create in this world because it seems too um, dangerous to try for fear of humiliation or shame or finding out that you're really not good enough. But I mean, that never happens. The trying is all that's required. Not everything works out, but it gets you on to the next step, to the next thing that you're going to try. And that's far more exciting than trying to stay safe by being a tiny little jailed ball of suck. <laughs> it's not the best description, but y'all know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so I can do what I want to do. I can do what I want to do. There's nothing stopping me but me. I can do what I want to do. People saying no to me, um, like in particular, uh, I write books and I've been trying to find an agent and uh, it is hard to keep getting no's, but I have learned that the no is no reflection or indication of my value or my worth or my skill or my talent. All it is, is an indication of the right fit and the right people. No just means next. And I'm responsible only to keep asking.
I need to keep asking for what I want. Um, keep asking for agents to look at my work and consider me. Keep asking for representation. Keep asking for help. It doesn't matter if I'm turned down 200 times. All it takes is one agent to say yes, and then I have an agent. Um, it's, it's similar actually in how um, I felt about finding love with Keith. I had wanted foremost in my life until I was 37 to find my true love. And I had gone out with people and waited and every person that I was with, I thought maybe this is him because that's what I was looking for. And all of them turned out not to be. And it was so depressing and uh, crushing to constantly not find the love for me. And when I found him, I realized it just takes one. They're all no's until they're a yes. And then the yes is all you need. My search for an agent now is similar to my quest for love. Is uh, I'm just looking for for the one who says yes. We say yes to each other. And it'll only take one. And I have to, I have to risk feeling rejected um, to find the one. But know that the rejection isn't a rejection of who I am as a person. It's just not the right fit. It's not the right relationship. They're not the agent for me. Um, I've also started asking for recognition of help, um, not just for help, but also recognition of the help, because help doesn't always arrive the way we think it's going to. And so asking to, um, to recognize help and opportunities is, is also a good, it's a good help. Okay, this was a big one. Um, I've learned that all the pain that I've experienced in my life is not what people did or said to me. Um, it's actually from what I made those things mean about myself in the world. That what I believed about myself in the world as a result of those things that were said and done to me. That's what really hurts. And that's why healing has such a high level of guilt and shame associated with it is because ultimately we've always been doing it to ourselves. I'm not saying that people can't be shitty. People can be shitty. People can be horrible and cruel and violent and harmful. And what we believe that, that says about us and the world is what actually hurts us. Because someone can hurt you be hurtful or cruel and it just doesn't land in you it doesn't change your value of yourself or your belief or love in the world so they can't hurt you that is powerful imagine a world where we learned this stuff early we learned emotional and spiritual maturity right from the get-go. How different would it be? 
if we weren't constantly trying to blame and punish others for the lies that we believe about ourselves in the world. That one's big. Um, the greatest and only need I have is to love and accept myself as I am and offer that to the world. That's it. To love and accept the world as it is. That's it. That's all that I'm required to do. It's hard. <laughs> it's simple but hard. Every day, every moment. <laughs> Try it. It's hard. All right, I gotta stop this. this. We're only, that's question one. That was question one, what have you learned? This fucking course is like, mwah. It's exactly what I've been looking for my whole life. It's amazing. My, my friend Julie and my nephew both said, we've seen a change in you. And my friend Julie was like, I've seen you change. Um, even when I didn't think change was necessary, you've changed. And uh, I can feel that too. I've healed a lot of shame. The amount of shame that we have that fucks up our lives is intense. It's a lot. There's a lot of shame. And it's not just personal shame, it's cultural and ancestral and historical shame and guilt. And I think that's primarily what's happening right now is there's a lot of that coming up to be healed. And it's scary for a lot of people because it fucking feels like shit. It's like shit. But you have to, you have to dig in and feel that shame, feel that feeling of, of, of badness, of, of the lie that you told yourself about who we are and what the world is. It's all lies.